Hey there, my name is Cassie Torresias, and eight years ago, I launched my own online graphic design studio and booked a one-way ticket to travel the world in pursuit of my own freedom-filled life. I now own a multi-million dollar online business, The Bucket List Bombshells, teaching other women how to do the same, alongside my best friend, co-founder, and podcast co-host, Shay Brown. Around here, we believe that your crazy dreams aren't crazy, and that it's time for you to start creating the life and career that you dream about too. Whether you want to travel and work remotely, or simply just want to be your own boss, it's possible to live out your passion and purpose without just scraping by. We know that this path isn't always easy to navigate though, so we're here to help you. From making a career change, starting and growing your own business, balancing life and business, and most importantly, pursuing your own freedom-filled life. Get ready for real, relatable stories and advice on your journey towards something more. We serve it up BFF style, so pour yourself that third cup of coffee and let's dive in. Welcome to the Freedom Filled Life Podcast. Hey there, it's Cassie here. I am so excited to share today's episode with you. One of the things many of you guys have been specifically asking for to hear on the Freedom Filled Life podcast is advice specifically for business growth. Well, I love this topic of business growth, and I think it's an area of business that can seem honestly quite vague and unclear as to how someone actually achieved their business growth and got their business from point A to point Z. And I don't know about you, but I want to know what happened in the middle of that story. I want the real talk. And that's exactly what we're going to get in today's episode. As I was preparing for this conversation, I looked up the definition of growth, and this is what it says, a stage in which something increases, develops, or matures. If you're listening and you're ready for a season of growth in your business, whether it's to grow your own team, build new products or services, grow from a one-woman shop to an agency, or whatever your big vision is for this next stage of your business, you've tuned in to the perfect episode. Or maybe you're listening and you've unintentionally been thrown into a season of growth in your business because life has happened, and I think we can all relate to that this year. Maybe for you, this new season is calling you to increase and develop or mature before you actually feel ready for it. And I've been there, and one of my favorite quotes says, change is inevitable, and because you're here, I know you're ready to choose growth and to stretch beyond your comfort zone and pursue what you're really made for. Today, I brought in one of my favorite people on this planet who embodies this at her core. She is an incredibly successful businesswoman who grew her one-woman shop website design business to a full agency now called Moonwalker Digital and a business development platform called Weeknight Website. Her name is Kristen Estes. Kristen has worked on website projects for best-selling authors and major online education brands like Messenger International, Havila Cunnington, Yours Truly, Bucketless Bombshells, Ali Casaza, and internet sensation J.P. Sears. 
And in our conversation today, Kristen is sharing her own business growth story with us and giving you the real talk behind what steps she took and the mindset shifts that she had to make to achieve major growth in her business over the years. There are so many great nuggets of advice in this episode, so if you're a type A overachiever like me, you're going to want to get out your journal to take notes. All right, let's dive into our conversation with Kristen. Welcome, Kristen, to the Freedom Filled Life Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. Oh my goodness, me too. So excited. (laughs) Thanks for having me, Kaz. Well, for most people who are listening, they don't know that not only do you and I have a business connection, we also are best friends, besties, <laughs> forevies, complete besties, forevies, and Shay as well. I know she's not on this chat with us today, but you and I met and Shay as well yeah. about five or six years ago, right? I don't know what the exact time stamp on that. It was February of 2000. 16. I'll never forget our fateful meeting. <laughs> you are like best friend goals. You know, the exact date. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And we actually met at a succulent painting party. <laughs> I tell everyone this story. I'm like, if you need a friend, just go to a succulent painting party. It's easy, <laughs> right? There's so many, there's so many hosted all around the world. All around the world. No, Total joke, but it is, I think creative workshops are a great place to meet people. And Shay and I met you at this, you know, creative workshop in Austin, Texas, which is where you are currently living still, right? Correct. (laughs) I am in Austin. And shout out to the paper craft pantry and pay female owned business. She's amazing. If you're ever in Austin, go check her amazing stationery store out. Store ever. Literally every time we, Shay and I come to visit you, we always make a stop at Papercraft Pantry and say hi to pay and get all of the stationary goodies. Like it's now a destination for us. It needs to be. There's always like a new mural or a new display. Like you just walk in there and you're immediately inspired. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Well, as I mentioned, you know, being best friends, but also on the business side of things, I think that was a big reason why Shay and I, you know, bonded and connected with you so much in the first place. Yeah. Not only are we amazing people with amazing personalities, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> obviously, total jokes there, but you are a fellow business owner. And I think that's really hard to find, you know, in friends, obviously. Obviously, still love our friends who have nine to fives, but there is a special connection when you can meet someone and really connect and also be able to really understand and relate to the business world and what it's like to be a business owner and a CEO. Yeah, it's so true, especially in online business world. And when we have similar values, like we want to travel, we want freedom. We want want it all. We want it all. (laughs) We want that cake. And you have supported Shay and I just in business so much and like on a personal level and even, you know, on more of a professional level too, you've designed some of our past websites and, oh my gosh, it's been so much fun working with you and our team. 
I'm so excited for today's chat because a lot of our listeners have been specifically asking for advice for business growth. And I think business growth in this space, like you mentioned, the online business world can kind of be this like elusive thing. You know, we hear about the early day startup stories, you know, the day one stories. And then we hear about the transformation once someone has reached the other side of success. And you're kind of like, what happened in the middle? (laughs) Like, (laughs) how did someone actually achieve that growth? Like what steps did they take? How long did it take? What challenges did they face? Like, I know you're like me and I'm like, can I hear the nitty gritty details? (laughs) So I think it's safe to say you are the queen of growth, which people will learn more about in our conversation. And I just, I can't wait for you to share with all of us more about your story and just business growth advice that you've learned along your journey. So to start us off, can you tell us a little bit about the businesses that you own and the teams that you lead today? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thanks for saying all that. You're like warming my heart and make me like, I'm the queen of growth. OMG. (laughs) Um, But yes, I am so excited for this conversation, but because I know that both of us have definitely been there where it's like, what happened in the middle? I have this amazing mentor where I'm like, Hey, so how'd you make this transition? How'd you make that transition? And they never really, it always is like, here's marketing tips. And you're like, okay. Or like, just delegate. And what does that mean? How do you do that? (laughs) So I'm super, super excited to share today. So my business, I have two sides to my business. So technically the overarching, you know, LLC is Estes Media. And under that, we have our agency side of our business, which is currently called Moonwalker Digital. We're actually rebranding early in 2022 to be the Course Co. Because we really, we serve course creators and people who have custom membership platforms and people who, you know, they just launch online courses and want that design, want sales page design and kind of a sales page point. So. (laughs) love doing that for people. And then we also have our product side. So we have Wignet website where we have a platform and we also have courses and tools and templates to resource designers. So if you're a web designer, definitely check that out. That is, is what we do. So currently on our agency side, We have five team members that I manage to help me work with clients. And like I said, we work with, you know, course creators, influencers, people who are doing things, even some nonprofits doing really big things in the digital space. And then on the product side, we have four of us on our team. And then we also have some, you know, companies that we contract with just for like video editing or some social media needs, stuff like that. Just services that make it easier for us to, you know, churn out content and not have that be our full-time job and really make, make what we do, our focus be on creating great content for our community and not so much on the marketing. So that is the, the breakdown of the life of Kristen Estes. <laughs> I love it. Well, it sounds like you have a lot going on, especially with having, you know, two major sides of the business, but I'm sure it wasn't always that way. So let's rewind. And if you can share like how and when you started your business, I kind of want to know even personally, like, was it accidental? Was it this intentional choice? What were you doing before? If you can take us back to those early days, that would be awesome. (laughs) Okay. So I definitely fell 
into my business. It was totally accidental. I went to film school actually. And I did my last semester of film school out in Los Angeles. And I was like, I'm going to work on movie sets and commercial sets. And, and I actually, you know, did get some gigs on music videos. I worked on a Jay-Z video. That was cool. Oh my goodness. Goals. That's it. Your career is done. (laughs) What more do you have? Yeah. Jay-Z was very nice. I will say. And I worked on set and I was like, you know, I actually don't see this being the lifestyle for me. I mean, yes, I get to travel, but your days are hands on grunt work. Like you are, you really are on other people's time all the time. Like you just don't have that autonomy Mm -hmm. where I saw in, you know, the web design world and in design, because I had to do design as part of some of my uh, coursework in college. Mm-hmm. I also minored in animation. So I had some of that experience as well in an internship in animation. And I was like, wow, this, you know, I actually can work whenever I want to. All I need is my laptop. This is so cool. I just got this film degree. It was super expensive, but I don't know what to do with it. So fast forward, like a month after graduation, I went to the Dominican Republic to shoot a documentary some, for some friends that live there. And while I was there, the Haiti earthquake happened. And it's so crazy. I like never share this story. (laughs) So the Haiti earthquake happens and, you know, the DR and Haiti share an island, right? And so we felt it. It was super intense. And of course, my heart was just breaking. Like, what do I do? I want to be able to have the flexibility to, you know, do volunteer work in Haiti, to be able to go wherever people need it and to be able to lend my talents and my voice to causes that I care about. Right. And so off that, I literally landed in JFK. So I was living back in New York at the time. And I got a call from one of the music directors that I had worked with in LA And he was like, Hey, Kristen, I know that you do like graphics and stuff. Can you build us a website? And I was like, I'm sure I could figure it out. And that's kind of how my business started was just like this revelation of like, I really want to start a business that I can invest in what matters to me when I need to. And then I can make Mm -hmm. money however I want basically. And so one website turned into a bunch and that's kind of how I got started. It was an accident. I know that a lot of people, you know, they start their business when they have a lot to lose and it's like a huge leap for them. Thankfully, when I started my business, it, I didn't really have a lot to lose, but it was still a big risk because obviously, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I feel like most of us in the beginning and early stages of a business has this thought cross their mind. Maybe you're not super experienced in this area. Obviously, if you're new into going into business, you're like, you don't have business experience, but you're like, well, I'm sure I'll figure it out along the way. And I do really think that's what it takes, which is important to talk about because if someone is listening and you're thinking about starting your own business or being your own boss, and you're thinking that everyone, you know, who is successful started with this super intense business plan, I'm not knocking business plans. I think they're a great idea, but if you're thinking that there's, you know, all of this intense intention that went into starting a business, sometimes it really is just as easy as one person asking you to do a service. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of prevents you from being over-prepared 
<laughs> in some ways, you know, you, I see people all the time who are like, I'm going to start a business and they spend months just researching or mulling mm. over the name. I'll tell you, we're about to go through my third name change in my business and it's not a big deal. I just filed the paperwork a couple of weeks ago and it was $25 to change the name of my business. I love it. Those are really important things to think about. I had coffee a few weeks ago with someone who is new and starting their business. And she also just seemed so distraught over this name. And, you know, I'm not trying to say that it's not important, but do a little bit of due diligence, do some research, make sure it's a name that's not already taken. You can trademark it and you're good to go. I think people try to you know, plan the three year, the five year, the seven years in advance. Like, is this a name I can grow with? Is this a name that I could franchise? Like the more that you start thinking those things, I do think that's where the overwhelm creeps in. And like, let's be real. I think 2020 and even 2021 is like a difficult time to be realizing just how much changes. And so I think it's important to remember that your business can grow and adapt with you, which hello on name number three of your business. That's like the perfect example, but I love that. So can you share a little bit about how your business evolved and grew over time from, you know, the couple of websites you built in the beginning for the director to the agency and the two kind of business sides that you have now? Yeah, absolutely. So I worked as a solopreneur several years. I mean, from, I started my business technically in really in 2010, <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> um, but full-time in 2011. And I spent several years as Bananard. That was my first name. And it was just me doing everything from sign to video editing and, uh, graphics and just random things. I was just like, if you will pay me, I'll do it if it's media. Right. And so, um, so that's what I spent my time doing for, you know, several years. And then I got to a point, it was around the time that I moved to Austin, actually it was 2016. I said, okay, I'm doing a lot by myself. I had hired someone at that point to do development for me. So, you know, I, I really honed in more on web design and kind of weeded out the video services just to streamline our processes more. And, and I said, okay, like this is what I'm more passionate about. I had hired a developer and I had hired an executive assistant, just my calendar things like that. But I really felt alone in my business. I felt like, you know, there, there's an element where I feel like I work with clients and then I don't have anyone to celebrate the wins with at the end of the day. Like I have my husband who's like, woohoo, you know, but I'm not like, I'm not, you know, sharing in a team experience. I have this developer over here who's focused on getting like this one project done or this assistant over here who's just, you know, trying to do a good job at keeping my calendar. But it's not like where I'm mentoring someone's pouring into me too. We have this team dynamic, right? I just felt the loneliness of working online. And that's when I said, I think it's time that I branch out a little bit. I think it's time that I grow this beyond myself. And also I had my husband kind of, you know, in my ear a little bit, just that he wanted me back in some ways. Like I was working 
like crazy hours. I was raising my prices, but it got to the point where I was like, okay, if I raise my prices much more, I'm probably going to get outpriced. And I want to be able to scale without constantly raising my prices, but you know, I want to be able to serve more people. So that's really what it came down to is like, okay, I'm just going to have to figure out a way to hire more people. And that was how that began. (laughs) Yeah. And so at the time you mentioned that you were like working so much. So I guess at this point you kind of hit a max of your own personal time. Like you were probably taking on, you know, quite a lot of client projects and being one person, there's only so many client projects that you can handle in a week or in a month. And so I guess you decided it was also time to grow the team because your hands were full with so many client projects. It wasn't like you were struggling to bring clients in, but you were like, I'm going to, I want to grow a team to have support. Yeah, absolutely. I I had already built a client base of people who kept returning and I was getting consistently new inquiries. So the thing too, that someone had told me is that there's only two ways to really scale. So one is you raise your prices. The other one is that you hire more people now, at least in, in this kind of business, right. In a service-based business at the time, I was like, you know what? I know what kind of work I want to do. And I know of designers who are like, they just have really high rates and, you know, they're very specific about the clients that they work with. And that's for them. That's where they're, they're like, okay, I want to just be that person who's charging, you know, 70 to hundred thousand dollars for a website. And that's what I want my business to be. Right. But personally, I just felt like, man, I love working on lots of different projects mm-hmm. and getting my feet wet with lots of different people. And I really like working with this kind of business, which at the time were, you know, online businesses and course creators who I still work with today, actually. But I said, okay, I just know what they're willing to invest typically in this kind of service and to remain competitive. It just feels like the right move for me to expand my team. But yes, I was already pretty busy. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I like how too, you mentioned kind of like the personal aspect coming in to recognizing that you needed to grow your business and scale your business as well, because it wasn't just like, okay, from what you're sharing, it's not like, I just want to make more money. It's very much like you wanted to serve more clients. Probably I would imagine serve clients in an even better or bigger way. And on the personal side, you're like, okay, how can I make sure that the reason that you started this business in the first place, which was to be able to have more freedom and time that you're able to, you know, spend time with your husband or to not just be like working 24 seven. And I do think that is a stage when you've started to really get your feet underneath you in the earlier stages of business. You're no longer like the day one newbie, but you're now like, oh my goodness, I know people are going to pay me for this. I'm hitting the ground running. I'm running around doing literally everything, but you hit a point where you get burnt out and you realize like, wow, I need support. Just like I'm supporting my clients. I need someone to support me. And so can you share a little bit? I mean, speaking of support, I know you mentioned you hired a developer and a executive assistant or like a VA who was the first, I guess, hire that you made. And why did you feel like that was the role that you really needed at the time? Yeah. Great question. So the first hire that I made was a developer. I decided that pretty early on, 
I wanted to be more focused on design. Doing development was really nice in that I could, you know, keep all the project money. I really felt like with design, it's a lot more, you know, subjective. Like I don't always love what another designer might do, but with a developer, it's like I can give them the design and then it's either right or it's wrong. Right. And also, at the time, you know, now I'm like a rock star at CSS and all that stuff. But at the time I was really like, okay, this part of the project just feels like a weight on me. It's not something that gives me life and it's probably the, where I'm the weakest. So I'd rather hand this off versus trying to, you know, run an uphill battle. That makes sense. So I know your personal story since we're besties, but I know that at some point too, you decided to bring on your husband, Travis, to start working in your business. Shout out to Travis because he's awesome. So you decided to bring on Travis to start working in your business with you as part of this growth journey. Can you share a little bit about making that decision with us? I would love to Cass. So (laughs) a lot of people are like, I don't know how you work with your husband that I could never do that. (laughs) I would love to, you know, retire my husband, have him work for me. So here's the deal for us. It totally works, but it didn't work until we figured out what role he fit best into. So the factors that went into that decision were, okay, how much was he making at his previous job and could him joining the business, could he add as much value to the business as he was making at his Mm. other job? Because otherwise, you know, as dreamy as it could sound working with your spouse, you definitely just don't want to put any financial strain on your business. And because we're being real here, when there's one income source in your household, I mean, that can be straining unless you know that this is stable Mm. and this is really going to work, you know? So it actually can be hard on your business to have it be the only income source at the time. So I would recommend, I mean, honestly, (laughs) I'm only telling this to my friends filled life fam, but I, I would recommend if you want to have your spouse come into your business, that your business has multiple revenue streams mm-hmm. already so that you already have like a product stream and a service stream. So you're not constantly dependent on, you know, one thing to work all the time. The other thing that I'll say is, yeah, like knowing your strengths is key at first, I appointed Travis as our CFO. I was like everyone else that I know that, you know, they're couples, the husband is the, not the husband, but like the spouse, you know, is the CFO. And then, you know, the CEO is the person who started the business. Right. And so I was having him do things like manage our financials, try to do calendar thing and, you know, all these things that honestly, like I love him, but he is terrible at. And so, um, but I mean, and just that he felt like I don't thrive at this, right? Like, it's not just like being bad at it. I think people can learn a lot. Right. But it just wasn't his favorite thing to do also. And so I was trying to force him into this role that he just wasn't you know, it it wasn't made Mm. for him, but then we transitioned him, you know, around the time that we started dreaming up weeknight websites. So about three or four years ago, we transitioned him into a support role. And so he is now the head of support. He manages our community Mm. and he thrives in that role. He loves helping people. He's a great communicator Mm. and really we found, Oh, this actually really works for you. And he's always coming up with great suggestions that we can do. He's definitely very like sensitive to the needs of people. So that's what I would recommend is I say, 
figure out what your strengths are and your weaknesses are and make sure that there's actually a role in your company that fits. Yes. I love this advice because I think that, you know, when we're talking about hiring your first team member or even first few team members, you know, let's be real to support you. I do think that it's important to remember that there needs to be a need, <laughs> like a need filled in the business. And sometimes yeah. we just try to like find someone, maybe it's like a friend who you're just like, this person is really great. So I just like want them to help me because they said they'll help me. It's like, okay, let's kind of just take a step back and recognize there needs to be a need within the business, like an opportunity there that isn't being filled. And then that needs to be matched with that individual person's strengths. And I do think sometimes you can go the other way around, you know, you can recognize that like, okay, you know, in your case, Travis's strengths are being an amazing support person, you know, supporting the community. And then you can decide, okay, do we have that need within our business and how at the end of the day, can that help us either maintain the business currently or grow the business. And so I think it sounds like for you, that meant that you no longer had to be the person leading the community and leading the team, like on a daily basis on the weeknight website side, correct? Yeah, exactly. This episode is brought to you by the Bucket List Bombshells Academy. Eight years ago, I left my uninspiring nine-to-five job and booked a one-way ticket to Mexico in pursuit of my own freedom-filled life. That led me to starting my own online graphic design studio where I had the freedom to work from anywhere, design my own schedule, and do work that I loved. All of a sudden, work became a source of excitement, and most importantly, I felt inspired to open up my laptop each day. The Bucketless Bombshells Academy is our comprehensive curriculum of online courses where we'll teach you the step-by-step of learning in-demand online skills and building your very own online business. Plus, you'll have support from us and our expert community igniters to guide you and answer your questions every step of the way. You don't have to have a business idea or even any idea of what you want to do next in your career. If you know you're ready to make a change and pursue your own freedom-filled life, we're here to help you take that next step. Join us in the Bucketlist Bombshells Academy or learn more by visiting bucketlistbombshells.com academy. So speaking of steps, and I know we've talked about a couple steps just like in this entire, you know, journey and your process, but what were the major steps that you took to transition from being the one woman business to an agency? I know the first step we've kind of talked about was, you know, hiring your first one to three team members. What other major steps did you take to make that transition? Okay. So other major steps, first of all, you definitely I mean, this is the part that everybody hates, but you definitely want to make sure that you talk to an accountant and figure out what your needs are in terms of the kind of support that you need, because, you know, hiring an employee and hiring a contractor are different and you have different things that you're allowed to ask of each. And so you just want to make sure that, that there's some 
an agreement that you can <laughs> come up with that's going to work for you and, and the people that are going to be working for you. And here's what I need for this role, right? Like if you need someone to be at their desk mm -hmm. from nine to five, answering questions full-time for only your business, then you need an employee or even part-time if you have that time requirement of them. But if you just need somebody who can get the work done, it doesn't really matter when they get it done. And, you know, maybe they have other clients, but you know, you just kind of have a need that is recurring, but not like your business all the time at a certain time, then you can totally have a contractor do that. So just make sure that you understand those things. I would say track your time in your business of what you're already doing day to day so that you know exactly what roles you need. Cause you know, that's really a big part of hiring is, is knowing like, okay, what is it exactly that I need? Like I realized last year, I thought that I needed a certain kind of assistant, right? But I realized what I really needed was a tech VA. And people are always like, oh, first, you know, get administrative help, get administrative support. And I would have, you know, I'd hire people, I'd have them run my appointments on my calendar. And then I'd be like, this is kind of a waste of all of our time. Like I like to run my own calendar personally. <laughs> I like to say yes or no. And there's automated systems that can do this, but I could totally use an assistant that can, you know, schedule posts on social media or, you know, do things in the back end of our website, things like that. Right. So, so make sure that you're tracking your time. So you know exactly what to prepare for and you're not wasting anyone's time, including theirs. You're not wasting your money. Also, you know, some other steps are really to make the way that you work your processes and your standards clear. There's a great book that you guys actually told me about you and Shay, which is clockwork Shay is my clockwork coach. Sometimes <laughs> she seriously, Shay is a clockwork queen. And for those of you that are listening, it's act, the actual name is run like clockwork, run like clockwork, Mike McCallowitz. He's so great, but you know, you really want to make sure that everything in, that you do in your business, when you're getting ready to scale, the only way that things are scalable is if you have a repeatable process. If you are reinventing the wheel every single time that you start a project, then you can't delegate it. Mm. <laughs> no, I mean, the only way to delegate it is if you're like taking the time, which, you know, spoiler yeah. alert, it takes almost as much time sometimes to explain to someone else what they need to do than, you know, you doing it yourself. So, you know, in order to make it <laughs> yes. worth your time to run that kind of agency, you really have to make sure that you're documenting everything. We love to mm. use Loom and then to communicate, we love Asana and we love Slack. Those are like our tools for, you know, success. So yeah, just make sure that you have those processes. And then also what I do in my business, because it's creative and because I also work with other designers is I have a standards guide. So I have a standards guide of like, okay, when we're designing for clients, we do this, we don't do this. So like, we don't use cheesy, you know, uh, like looks like claymation 3d mockups. We'll use real image 3d mockups, you know, <laughs> just stuff like that. That's like, okay, this, these are our design standards. So that's really clear across the board too. So really just making all that documentation as well. And then I guess the last thing I would say is make sure that you have standards for communication, just how often that people should check in, make sure that you're checking in regularly, and also make sure that you're encouraging people on your team. Because, you know, if you're just like, great, thanks for everything. <laughs> 
difficult task. People are people and they're going to lose motivation really quick. So you got to kind of step into mom role a little bit and really just nurture people um, and their passion. I love that. Oh my goodness. So many, I feel like so many great pieces of advice there. One of the things you mentioned was, you know, having processes for the way that you do things in your business. And I think for people who are listening, you know, if you're a one woman shop right now or one woman business, and you're thinking about expanding by growing a team, maybe because you're, you know, you're too busy by this point and you need help. But I think this worry in, you know, the back of your mind is how am I going to be able to maintain this quality and consistency that I'm currently offering to my clients, which they love so much, you know, this, maybe it's like level of service or handholding, or, you know, just the person you are in general. And that's a big thing that clients always love. And so you're like, how am I going to bring in other people to, duplicate this in a way or assist and do it as well as I'm doing it. And so it sounds like for you, a big piece of overcoming that has been creating standards and creating guides and processes. Yeah. And, (laughs) (laughs) and this entire conversation is just like, Oh, and and get ready. (laughs) This is a mindset thing though. This is a mindset, like big switch that I had to step into. I had to let go of perfectionism and let go of the ego idea that I am the only one who can do the creative work in my business and do as great a job (laughs) as anybody else. You know, I was talking, I have a friend, her name is Tracy Dungo. She's also an amazing designer. Unodostray.com is her. So, and we were talking about, you know, how we both have these agencies and we're trying to, you know, we were both about to have babies right at the same time last year. We had this conversation where it's like, okay, we give 150%. It's okay to give a hundred percent. It's okay. If our team gives a hundred percent, because we are always like, I'm going to go above and beyond. Most clients yeah. expect a hundred percent, you know? And so like, yeah. we think I'm the only one that could do that, but you really do kind of have to let go of the reins a little bit and just let it be a little imperfect or maybe it's a great solution and it's not the one that you would have designed or dreamed up or whatever, but it's still, is a workable solution. And you also have to let your team own their failures a little bit in order for them to learn. So yeah, those are all really big mindset <laughs> shifts to, to step into to, to actually do this successfully. <laughs> I love that you gave that percentage. Cause as you were saying that I was thinking, I can't remember which business book or article that I read this, but they're talking about in it, in the book, they're talking about, uh, building your team and growing your team and this exact kind of dilemma that we're talking about here. And what they say is that if someone on your team does something 80% as good as you would do it, then it's a thumbs up. Like you're <laughs> okay. It's 80%. And I think for someone like you and I, who are, we're overachievers, yeah. right? Like you give us a task, you give us a project and Shay is like this too. And I think there's some of the best qualities about yeah. us. We're going to do it a thousand, like not yeah. even a hundred, yeah. a thousand percent. Yeah. Like we will research it. We will find <laughs> people who've done it before. Yeah. We will create a step-by-step process and plan. Yep. We will ensure that there's a backup plan. We will 
pay attention as it's being executed. We will keep a journal as it's being executed (laughs) to ensure that the next time any inconsistencies can't happen again. Right. And you know, at the end of the day, like you're talking about too, it is our businesses, yeah. right? And so when you have someone in your business, I do think that you can find really incredible team members who do care. Yeah. And we have this on our own team, but at the end of the day, it's like, it is good to give or to have something done 80% as good as what you would have done it. Yeah. And I love how you mentioned the, you know, stepping out of the perfectionist mindset and, you know, giving grace for team members too, because a lot of times when someone has done something for the first time, and this includes us, like we mess up, you know, we don't get it right. The first time we need some time to learn the hard way. And so I think it's a really important thing to remember to offer that same I mean, honestly, it's just like a human quality, but that same grace, if you have an amazing team member and they're just learning something the hard way or doing something for the first time that you give them that space, because I do think that as a leader, if you stay in this perfectionist role and your team members are scared to make mistakes, it's going to have the opposite effect rather than growing your business. I think that you're going to find your team is struggling to support you and struggling to help grow your business alongside you because they're scared of making mistakes. And you and I both know we've made plenty of mistakes along the way. (laughs) Yeah, so many. So it's like, if you have a team, like I just, I think of an army, which is so dramatic, but like, if you're leading this team and you have this like army behind you and they're scared to make a mistake or make a wrong move, because like, you're just, you're going to be angry or you're not going to be like happy with it. Or like, you're always super critical. Like they're going to be scared to even take steps forward. And so I love that you mentioned, you know, talking about removing this layer of perfectionism as you're growing your business just for yourself too, but also for your team. One of the best ways that you can actually get your team invested in a project too, is to share your heart behind it and let them maybe even more than makes you comfortable. Like let them meet the client, let them see the full Mm. brief, like make sure that you're not just like giving team members piecemeal of the project too. Cause part of what makes us give a thousand percent is that we feel invested, like not just because of our reputation, but sometimes what we're helping the client build or do Mm. is like, you know, we had a project earlier this year that I heard the brief from the client and it made me cry. I was like, let's change the world. And I shared it with my assistant. She started crying too. We were like, we have to optimize this YouTube video. And she did it, kicked it out of the park. And it, it got like 28,000 views in like two months or something. I was like, yes, girl. So, you know, it's just like giving your team members just the credit that like there are human beings with hearts and motivation drive too. you know, it's not like their life goal to just work with you. Like they want to feel ownership of like, wow, I was a part of something. I love that. I think something that we've learned too, is like what you're saying when you share either the bigger picture vision or the goal that you're trying to achieve, how your team member gets there can sometimes be up to them, you know, and as long as you can communicate, okay, this is the goal, this is the vision, but I'm okay with you getting there. However you want to get there. I do think it does take another level of 
leadership to recognize that the way, you know, we think that we are amazing business people and we have a lot of confidence and courage. And I think that's amazing, but the way that we do things isn't the only way. And I think sometimes we do, we think like, I'm the only one that can do this. (laughs) Like I'm the only one who can do this in an exceptional manner. And I do think that can be a really good thing on one hand, but on the other side, there are so many amazing people with other skills and other strengths than we have that see the world or even see our business from a different perspective or, you know, where you and I are such visionaries and someone else might want to plan first you know, or create a process. And so we actually will hold someone back if we're like, you have to do it this way and you expect it done. And I love how you shared, you know, when you share can provide to your team member, the bigger picture vision or the goal, not only are they getting bought into whatever that is, like they probably now have just like a deeper connection to the work that they're doing. They also can do it in the way that works for them. And that might even be a better process than had they tried to follow, you know, your and I's quote unquote, perfect plan, which we know is imperfect in itself. Let's talk about, I mean, you've given us such great actionable tips and advice, but for someone who is listening and they want to grow their own agency, maybe they are in these earlier days, they find themselves with their plates full of clients. I just had like a great visual there, (laughs) like a plate full of clients. They find themselves. (laughs) I think I haven't had breakfast. That's probably the problem. Um, but someone who's in this place and they're like, okay, I am a one woman business. I have already been seeing some great success. I have a client roster. I do want to build an agency, or I do want to have a team behind me to grow this business in a larger way. What is one piece of advice that you would give them that they should, you know, get started on first? Get started on first. Well, definitely taking a look at your projects that went the best and the clients that you like working with and coming up with that process. Like we said, like documenting your process and the way that, you know, not just how you as a creative necessarily come up with a result, but what you present to the client. So like Mm -hmm. first we do, you know, wireframes and then we do Mm mock-ups and here's an internal template for our brand board that we deliver, you know, just so that you, you make sure that you have that consistency for the clients over time as well. So that would definitely be the first step is just taking a look at like what works for you. And then also really clearly outlining what you actually need in a team member. You know, we actually live in a fun time where people have multiple skills a lot of the time. And sometimes when you're first starting out, you actually need a unicorn. So, you know, think about like, okay, my very perfect person would be, you know, an assistant who has experience with online business, but she's design curious, like she'll pop into Canva sometimes, but you know, her main job doing X, Y, Z. So just kind of dream up what you would love for that person to be, and also what kind of leader you want to be. So think about, you know, (laughs) like, are you going to be the person who's cracking the whip all the time? Or do you want to host weekly chats? Like, how is it that you want your team to function? Just dream a little bit beyond just yourself and what you want as well. So like, what's going to be the most seamless, smooth touch point for them 
And then when you have a team, don't be afraid to actually like share with your clients, like, Hey, that this can be the scariest part. Honestly, this was really scary for me. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. I'm a rock star. My clients are going to like hate that I have other people working with me and they're going to feel like I just want Kristen, you know, but honestly, <laughs> most of the time they don't care <laughs> as long as they know that I'm overseeing it and that it's getting done well it's not as big of like a objection or something. You know, I think most of my clients think it's bad ass that I have multiple people helping me to ensure that when I'm doing other stuff, there's mm. their projects still moving forward. So mm. yeah, just to actually share with clients, like, Hey, I'm growing a little bit. This is this new person. They're gonna be joining us just to make your experience even better. You know, like always share that benefit. So. Yes. I love that. I know that this was similar in my business in the early days. It's like when you're starting to get too stretched, you're almost starting to sacrifice a little bit of that quality, yep. right? Like someone yeah. could have emailed me like two days ago. And I know in the back of my head that I'm like, Oh my goodness, I need to follow up with this person. I need to follow up with this person. But meanwhile, I'm busy designing graphics, designing websites. And so when you approach your client roster, I guess, to share that you are growing your team, or maybe even you just have one person to assist. I do think it can come from a really positive place. Like this person is going to be like your main point of contact to make sure that every time you communicate, it's done like even more quickly, especially if I'm like working on another client project. And I think it can have a lot of really great benefits. And like you said, it doesn't end up being like this end of the world situation where your client is like, nope, that's not going to work for me. I do think that would be really rare. Like, no, we don't want the expertise and expert people that you're bringing on like peace out Bye. especially if you're building in the way that you're talking about, which is like having your standards, having your processes. I do think too, we've worked with as well when you are creating this, you know, this new process of what does it look like for clients to work with our company now Mm. with me, but also with having team members involved is figuring out at which touch points you as being the business owner or CEO or head visionary, which touch points are essential or are like the most necessary to have you come in. And in other agencies we've worked with, I've seen that be the sales call, like someone who's really great at sales calls and loves doing that. And you know, they're the ones who do that. And then maybe they do a strategy call in the middle of the project. And then usually that's kind of it. There's always like a nice wrap up at the end. Like this was so awesome working with you, but it's not a face-to-face thing. Can you kind of share in your process, what touch points do you really come in kind of lead with the client and then allow your team to sort of execute the rest of, of a client project? Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's similar to what you were just saying. So, you know, early on, I'm super engaged. I consider myself not just a designer, but also a digital strategist. I really care about the strategy of what we're doing, how it uh, correlates to everything else that they're doing online. And also I want to make sure that we're building online solution. That's going to last for them over time. So I show up at the sales call for sure. And like the, even the qualification calls too. So just making sure that they're right for us, all of that and do a lot of process and the wire framing. That's a lot me. And then I hand it off and, you know, let my team take it from there in terms of a lot of design. I do check in just to make sure like the vision is 
um, align with what my conversations with the client have been like, and like, okay, this is definitely something that they're going to be into design wise. And then really the bulk of the middle of the project is my team. I love that part. I love the relational part of business. I love making sure that everyone's having a great experience. (laughs) And then uh, as the project wraps, I'm very involved in delivering the final product. So a lot in the beginning, not as much in the middle, and then a lot at the end to make sure that all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. (laughs) And ultimately we like to do a little debrief with our our client and do a check-in. We also always do a check-in four weeks after we launch just to make sure everything's going the way it should. They don't have any final questions, you know, kind of just, you know, they don't have like new problems in their business that have a, a rise or anything like that. So it just keeps them coming back to. I love that's so helpful to kind of know like, okay, what does this actually look like on like a new pr- client project, especially for yeah. someone who, you know, runs everything themselves right now. Like they are the salesperson, the executor, the communicator, the project deliverer, like all of those things, the tech strategist. Mm-hmm. so I think that's really helpful. And from what you shared earlier, it sounds like you use Asana to really like make sure that all of your team members know what they're executing in the project and staying on top of their like deadlines and timelines. Yes. Yeah. So every task will have an owner and then my assistant will go through every single day and make sure that, you know, everyone's on top of their tasks. So she project manages quite a bit in there. I love it. Well, as we're starting to wrap up, I want to just shift gears a little bit from, you know, we obviously always talk about how the business side is so related to our personal lives. And so I want to know how has growing your business or businesses, I guess, having both sides, how has that led to you having more freedom in your life? I love this question. Well, you know, like I told you before, a big part of me wanting to expand was because I wanted people to celebrate with. And also because my husband was like, Hey, you work too much. Um, And now I can say that, you know, there's times where, I mean, I take almost every Friday off in my business, like at least mostly off. I'm able to just, you know, hop on boxer. We use that too. And just, you know, tell team members like, Hey, do you mind checking in on this? Or just as I think about it, you know, and I don't have to be chained to my desk all day, something super fun I got to do. So we actually had a baby girl last year. She's almost one. It was right around the holidays. And I got to, you know, give myself like an it was seven weeks, but it felt like forever because my brain uh, (laughs) needed to work. Honestly, I love, I do love what I do, but I got a seven week maternity leave, which was perfect. And then even when I got back to work, I only really worked like two days a week and had a nanny that was home with me (laughs) um, those two days. So it was really nice to actually have that margin in my life to show up as a mother the way that I wanted and take care of my baby. That was really cool. I've gotten to work from anywhere in the world. I've done three or no, two cross country moves since starting my business. I've visited you and Shay in Bali a couple times and the remote work thing, super fun. So just things like that, you know, it's really allowed me peace of mind. Even when I have to, you know, put one foot out, I don't have to shut down my business all the time. You know, I really get to 
keep things going. Things can function without me. And when people look at my business, I'm not the be all end all of my business. I'm the face of it for sure. But you know, I love how like at weeknight website, people are still working on their websites. They're still able to learn from us. They're still able to build when we're not there at, you know, in, in Moonwalker, soon to be the Corsco, we still have you know, my other designer working, we still have developers working. We still have my assistant who checks in and she's amazing at that. So, so yeah, it's really great. So much peace of mind. And I know that you've traveled quite a bit too. And in the past, I would say like year yeah. to year and a half, you've spent a lot of time with your family yes. and you've been able to like go and spend, I mean, extended periods of time with them. They've got to spend more time with baby girl. Yeah. And I think sometimes we, I don't want to say take it for granted, but like we overlook it because it was so long ago. Yeah. Like you talked <laughs> about building your business, whoo, 2011, I like know. that ages us. <laughs> so much, but it is something that I really think this last, you know, let's just call it two years to be easy. This last two years has really given us an even deeper, just like reminder that we can be anywhere and you can continue to, you know, bring in revenue, work on clients and projects that bring you a lot of passion. You get to support a team and you can do that. Even if you do need to pick up and and go be with your family or travel elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a gift. I love this business because it's, you know, just because of that, because I get that freedom filled life. (laughs) (laughs) So good. I didn't even pay you to say that, but it was so good. Well, to wrap up, thank you so, so much for just sharing your story. And I think a lot of people listening are going to have so many takeaways from just your own journey of how you've started as a one woman business and grown your agency. And there's so many lessons. I think that someone who's listening is going to be able to take away from that. If you can share, you know, where people can learn more about your businesses, how they can connect with you, where to find you. That would be awesome for people who are like, I need to go follow Kristen now and check out all the amazing things that she has to offer. Absolutely. So I hang out on Instagram at Kristen Estes underscore. You can also follow weeknight website. If you are a web designer who wants design resources, we are coming out with a CSS course very soon, which I'm excited about. And so you can follow us at weeknight website and follow Moonwalker Digital, our agency at Moonwalker Digital, but we are rebranding again. So if you follow us now, you'll see the updates very soon. (laughs) I love it. Thank you so, so much, Kristen. This was such an awesome conversation and you're one of my favorite people on this planet. So thank you for being on this podcast. Likewise. I love you so much. You're one of my favorite people on the planet. And it was seriously such an honor. The Freedom Filled Life podcast is brought to you by The Bucket List Bombshells. It's hosted by me, Cassie Torresias, and my co-host, Shay Brown. If you loved today's episode, we'd be so grateful if you left us a review. Reviews help us spread the word about the Freedom Filled Life podcast, and they're a key part of sharing the show with other women who believe they're made for more. Until next week, keep on pursuing your own freedom-filled life.